No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. From the Madrona Financial Studios in the Bauer Evans Building, this is Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you for joining us today. We've got some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions for you with the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. That is great to hear as always, and I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian, the theme of today's show is you don't have to go it alone in retirement. And some of the things we're going to be talking about today, we'll discuss some options for turning your 401k into a pension. We'll also talk about fact or myth, Social Security. We'll talk about six popular Social Security myths and then present the facts about them. Also, we'll discuss how to minimize financial regrets before and during retirement. But I wanted to start off today by talking about all the different people who can act in your place in your estate plan. This is called, Who is Your Go-To Guy? The person or people that you name to act for you can sometimes make or break your legacy plan, especially because they don't always understand the responsibilities associated with the role. There's a pretty substantial list of people who can be empowered to act for you in different situations, and we're going to talk about those right now. The first are some commonly known titles. Brian, what are some the commonly known people. Well, the first one is agent, and we'll have a trustee and executor. But before I get into that, I did want to mention that probably about 50% of people that I meet with, talk to, don't have an updated will. Hmm. And so we're going to be talking about some people that are named to do different things, and it's a big list. Imagine what happens when you don't have any of these people named. Exactly. I would imagine then that there's a lot of confusion that goes on, and that's certainly not something that you want to leave up in the air like that. Yeah, not when uh, you're dealing with you know somebody's passing away, and now all of a sudden, well, nobody knows 
who's assigned to what and who's supposed to do what and people start having different ideas about what should or shouldn't have been done and a lot of bad things can happen as a result but let's say that you did have all that stuff in place you're going to have an agent you're going to have an agent that with any will it's not just a will you're getting done you're getting a durable power of attorney and a healthcare directive because what if you're not dying but you're incapacitated in some way and you need people to make decisions on medical procedures you have to name somebody that makes that decision that's an agent agent would also help, again, with durable power of attorney. They can transact business on your behalf when you can't or incapacitated or for whatever reason. It could be temporary incapacitation. It could be permanent. But these are agents are are definitely uh, important people while you're still living. Trustee is one of them. Executor is one. So executor I'll hit first because that actually usually comes before trustee. Mm -hmm. Executor is who's going to execute the details of the will. The will says, hey, I'd like this trust set up. I I want these assets distributed accordingly. And unfortunately, a lot of wills leave out a lot of specifics. So I've used it on this show before where I'll say, okay, what about mom's wedding ring or dad's convertible, you know, individual items, artwork, whatever it is that can really cause some family dilemmas because they can't be split up evenly. And so they needed to be identified. And very often they're not. They're just, okay, split the assets between my kids. Well, that doesn't always work. And maybe one of your kids not good with money, but, you know, there's a lot of things that go into uh, naming things that need to be done as executor. And the executor can be put in a very tough situation sometimes to make all this work. There's also the flip side of that. What if someone in your family was named executor and they aren't doing their job? I'm working on some of this right now in my own firm with clients of mine that the sibling is not cooperating. They're not getting stuff done. It's been three years now. And so it can be a very, very difficult situation. So that's important to name the right executor. And finally, trustee. Let's say that you did set aside some money. Some money was set aside for maybe somebody in the family that's special needs or just frankly isn't very good with money or or for grandkids or whatever it is. Someone has to be the trustee and administer your wishes the way you would have had you been here, but you're not. So the trustee becomes a very important person for the legacy. So that's the agent, the trustee, and the executor. Now, you started off this segment by mentioning the fact that a very high percentage of the people that you see do not have an updated will. A lot of people do have a will, but it's not updated. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and and it's not like you have to update it every year or anything like that. But certainly if you're, you know, small kids at home and you got a will done maybe and, and now your kids are 25, 30 years old, well, things have changed. You got different family members. You got maybe marriages, you maybe divorces, maybe remarriages. Who knows? You have lots of changes that happen just in the family dynamics and your assets, frankly, have changed a lot too. Your opinions, you know, when, when kids are two, three, four, five, you think, oh, they're all going to grow up, go to college, four-year degree, get their master's, get a good job, and do what I did for work. And then along the way, sometimes they don't exactly, uh, it doesn't all go according to plan. And so maybe that plan needs to change. And th- these are the kind of updates I'm talking about. Now, if your will looks like the Declaration of Independence, there's a pretty good sign that you probably need to update it. And you've had people bring in those wills, haven't you? Yeah, it was really crinkly and yellow and, and uh, <laughs> the paper. It, it was funny because it was a uh, almost 90-year-old, he was looking there, I, I don't have some of my kids in this one. <laughs> I had to chuckle because it, it literally yeah. was about 50 years old. 
So some of the commonly known titles are agent, trustee, and executor. Let's talk about some of the less commonly known titles. Yeah, there's a Social Security representative payee. That's something that you might have if you're incapable of appointing someone to manage your benefits. But frankly, I haven't really seen that crop up much. There's also other titles that, that you could have in here. It could be long-term care insurance lapse designee or financial account designee or agent for funeral decisions. There's a lot of things there. But generally, I like to just go back to what we talked about the first. You have somebody that's the agent for your durable power of attorney. It's not going to be six different people. It's, you know, if, if one person's going to handle your Social Security decisions, they'll handle your long-term care insurance decisions. They'll handle your finances, basically. So that person should be given all of those duties. But sometimes, you know, you might have a different member of the family that's better with medical uh, decisions, Mm -hmm. frankly. Maybe the financial person of the family uh, just isn't very good with that. There's a lot of nuances you could add to different titles. But in the end, you got to have a go-to in Mm -hmm. your family. And if you don't have someone in your family, here's the other thing. You can hire corporate trustees. You can hire corporations that are responsible for executing the trust's decisions that were contained in a will that are non-family members. The thing that I, I also want to point out here is that sounds a little, a little odd to some people listening right now. Well, really? I'd have a bank make those decisions? Well, here's probably the best of all worlds. You have a triple threat here. You've got the financial planning company. Let's say it's Madrona Financial involved in the situation. You've got the trustee the trust company, a corporate trust company that it makes the final decisions. And you have a family member as an advisor to this three-prong approach. And so you've got the somebody that's really connected that knows what the parents would want or whoever it is that you're being a trustee for. Financial advisor, know what's going on, knew the parents and the corporate trustee, listens to the financial advisor, taking the advice from the family member. Now, as you said, there are a lot of different titles. There are a lot of different roles that people can play here. We talk about agent trustee, and then there were there, the less commonly known titles, you know, things like long-term care insurance, lapse designee. Do you really need all of these people, or can one or two people really do it all? Well, here's the thing about it. You know, we, we put together here, uh, I actually put together a life and legacy planner, because let's say that you find out that some family member or some loved one passed away, and you're listed as agent for funeral decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, Well, what did they want? I don't know if they want to be buried. Do they have a cemetery lot that's paid for? Do they want to be cremated? Do they want their ashes scattered in in the Olympic Mountains? I don't know. So unless they told me and and told me what they wanted, uh, this isn't a very good, this this is an award you don't want to get to be the agent for funeral decisions when no one's had that talk with you. So we have a guide that actually lays these questions out and says ahead of time, what do you want? Oh, uh, I want to be cremated. Okay, great, whatever. Put it down. Put down, oh, yeah, I do have a safe deposit box. Yes, I do have life insurance. It's in the safe deposit box. And by the way, this is where the key is. So you give that to somebody who's living that's going to be responsible for executing that kind of stuff while you're still living instead of waiting to die and then have people try and guess. And what a terrible place to put people in. And most people know someone who has a horror story about being an executor. Yeah, it's very important for you to stay organized, too, and to put these things in some place that people can find them. Now, it's probably a good idea also to have an alternate, or like they say in the pageants, a first runner-up in case that the executor can't complete their duties. I mean, if you're 90 years 
of age and you tell you, I think you may have had this happen, that the executor is your older brother and you're 90. I mean, that's just not going to really work. You've got to have someone else in mind too. Yeah. And that was a, a true story. And the older brother did have Alzheimer's, by the way, and he was named as the trustee. And so, yeah, you, you need to have alternates and you list them out in the will. And if somebody can't or doesn't want to perform, okay, you have a backup and you always have a catch-all. The catch-all typically can be, again, a trust company. So it might be, oh yeah, well, I'm going to have my, let's say I had two kids and and you say, okay, my daughter's going to be the primary one. If she can't or doesn't want to, my son will be. If he can't or doesn't want to, well, then the corporate trustee kicks in with my financial advisor. So that cleans it up. The corporation will still be around no matter what, even if something happened to your kids. So yeah, you got to have contingencies built within your will. So, so, you know, some people think they can do the will on their own. Well, more power to you. I would suggest you get an attorney and get it done right. Right. And you have a very good story about someone who decided to save little money by getting their will done very cheaply or doing it on their own. And it cost them literally millions of dollars. Yeah, it did cost them millions of dollars. They didn't put the credit shelter trust provision. What that means, husband and wife currently can die with 10, 12 million dollars for federal tax purposes. And two and a half million state of Washington approximately without paying any estate tax. Uh, if they put this paragraph in their will, they double that amount. He didn't put the paragraph in. The estate ended up owing a lot of, it was at the time, it was, it was $2 million it cost the estate because he didn't have a paragraph in his will setting up a simple trust upon his passing to double the estate tax exemption. Just little things that, you know, I, I get it. If you don't do this every day, you don't know what you don't know. But there was an example of somebody not hiring an attorney to get it done right. So again, I, I would suggest people uh, uh, have an attorney draft these documents. But all was not lost because with the money he saved, he did buy a lawnmower. He did. He saved $1,000. <laughs> this is his widow was uh, telling me he, he bought a lawnmower with it, and he was really proud of himself mm-hmm. for saving $1,000. Unfortunately, it costs their kids $2 million in estate taxes later when she passed. That's really too bad. Well, as hard as it may be to think about a plan for when you pass, passing without a plan for the distribution of your assets is even harder for your family. Save your family from another hardship and create a will. Maintain it and have an estate plan equipped with tax minimization strategies. Call Madrona Financial today and they'll help you be confident that you're on the right track to having your desires fulfilled and your family protected. All you've got to do is call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A to get started. Our program is called Growing Your Wealth and when we come back, we're going to be talking about how to minimize financial remorse, financial regrets before and during retirement. All that and more after this quick timeout. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. The votes are in and the Biden era is underway. And as history has shown, key political and global events can dramatically impact our markets. If you're at or near retirement, the next four years could have an especially big impact on your plans. But regardless of policy changes, you can do something about it. You can be proactive and take control of your financial future with Madrona Financial Services. With the right plan in place, you won't have to worry about running out of money because you'll have a plan to help minimize your taxes, a strategy to help optimize Social Security, and a way to fund future health care expenses. So if you don't have a plan to deal with the next four years, chances are you probably don't have a plan for the next 40. Take control now by scheduling your complimentary, no-obligation meeting with Madrona Financial Services and learn how you can help protect your portfolio and maintain the life and retirement you deserve. Call 844-MADRONA today. That's 844-MADRONA. 
or go online to madronafinancial.com. M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about how to minimize financial remorse. And Brian, we've all heard the mantra, no regrets, but a recent study found that this doesn't hold true when it comes to Americans' finances, as a sad 75% of Americans have financial regrets. So let's talk about those, Brian. For those people who have come in to see you and sat down with you and said, you know, Brian, I've got some regrets about my finances. What have been some of the top things that they've talked about? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is is that's an interesting statistic. I would think that if you're doing well or, or you know, or, or getting ahead and all that stuff, you have to have regrets. Everybody's going to have regrets that's played the game. I mean, if Michael Jordan is going to miss half of his shots, you know, if you're not trying, and I guess the only way you can have no regrets is to never try anything. You never invest in anything, and but then I guess you'll regret not having invested in anything. But uh, interesting stat. So I would say, you know, most people, of course, they've had things not go the right way. That's just life. So I would say to that is it's okay if you had financial regrets. In fact, I'd be shocked if you came in and you honestly said you don't have any whatsoever. So one of the things I would say is jumps out at me. A lot of people think about regrets is, gosh, I shouldn't have bought that house or that big of a house, or Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have spent all that money on my college degree, or I shouldn't have bought into the stock market. They might think something like that's the case, but I I take a different approach to that. I think most people that I run into would have regrets that they didn't try that, that they, they were too afraid, that they didn't try buying real estate or investing in themselves or, or going into business or, or trying to get those promotions or, or buying stocks when they were young. I, I would say it's a lack of trying to go for it that would be the biggest regret, not the regret of actually doing something and failing. So would you say that if someone is listening to us right now who's building their financial portfolio and they're thinking about real estate as part of that, that they really shouldn't concentrate on the lower priced items, but maybe buying the biggest house that they could afford because that's the sector that's going to go up the most? Actually, I would. I'll tell you why. 
and I've had this uh, advice for a lot of people over the years, even my employees. They'll say, well, I could buy this little starter house so I don't stretch myself. And I go, well, wait a second. Let's say that prices go up. Do you think your house value would go up over the next 20 years? They, well, yeah, of course I, I do. I said, well, all right. Well, if you pay 300000 for it and it doubles in value, how much did you make? Well, I made 300. What if you paid 600000 for a house or five, let's call it 500, 500 for a house and it doubles? What's it worth now? Well, it's worth a million. So you made an extra $200,000 by buying a better house. Oh, and by the way, for 10 years or 20 years, whatever you were in that, that house, you got to live in a much, much nicer house on top of making an extra 200 grand. Now the question is, do you have the cash flow to do it? And they'll say, yeah, it's gonna be a little tight. And I'll say, well, do you think you're gonna get some raises? And they look at me, well, I hope so, because you're the ones that are giving them to me. <laughs> yeah. But maybe they have a, you know, a job with someone else and say, well, yeah, I'm actually in a career that I'm making more money. Well, then I would suggest you stretch yourself now. I did this myself when I was 26 years old, I bought a tri-level in Kirkland, you know, by myself. It was a stretch for me. I, I pulled in a roommate and all that stuff. And it was a stretch, but I made it. And then three years later, I sold it and I bought a brand new 2,700 square foot house in Bothell for $245,000. And it was really a stretch. But I thought to myself, well, gosh, this is a gorgeous house. I'd love to live in it. And I think, you know, I'm going to get some raises. I'm a hard worker. So now I look back and, and I'm so happy I made that decision as uh, as opposed to, well, I'll just buy a little condo, a cheap one for, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, $50,000, you know, I'll just do one of those. I wouldn't have had any appreciation. I, I would have been living in a tiny little place. I wouldn't have, uh, have enjoyed it at all. So that was my reality. And I've been sharing that with people ever since. Well, you also put your money in the right place, as I recall, too. Back when you had that condo, you had a mustard yellow station wagon that had so many dents <laughs> in it. So many ran into it and wanted to pay for it. And you said, show me which dent. True story. <laughs> I was in the, my, it was my tri-level. I was 26 years old with a tri-level in Kirkland. I felt pretty good about that. My mustard yellow B2, uh, Dotson, Dotson B200 B210 or B210 station wagon had about 50 dents. Yeah. My, <laughs> my neighbor across the street's mom backed into it and he was really apologetic. He came to my door. I started laughing. He said, what are you laughing at? My mom just ran into my car and I said, come with me. And we walked out to my car. I'm not making this up. Looked at the side of the car. I said, which dent did she put in? He laughed. He said, I don't know. I, don't know. I said, bring me a beer. We'll call it even. So well, you put your money end. in the right place there. You had a friend you used to play basketball with, too, who had a new BMW or something like that. And, you know, he was living in a, in a condo or some such thing. He was making all kinds of fun of me and my, yeah. my ugly mustard car with the dents in it. And I asked him where he lived. He said, well, he rents an apartment. Right. And, and, and I said, well, that's that's okay. And then uh, three years later, my tri-level went up 60% in wow. value and gave me the down payment uh, when I sold it to buy that brand new quarter million dollar house that's now worth a million. And so I doubt his BMW is approaching a million. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. It probably lost 50% of its value, but his rent went up 20%. I'll, I'll say that. I will say he probably got better uh, dates than yeah. I did at the time 
with my mustard thing. But I, I guess a smart gal would have thought, well, this guy's pretty smart. He yeah. owns a house, but it has a lousy car. Well, we're talking about some financial regrets that retirees have. And I would think that another one is not making savings automatic so you don't have to think about it. Yeah, if you're relying on your own, uh, you know, willpower to put money away every month, then uh, that's kind of hard to do. You know, you look down and you, you got an extra 10, 20 pounds and well, let's not rely on willpower because we all know how to eat right and exercise and right. all that stuff. And sometimes it's a little tough. So I like to make it automatic. And some of that automatic can come in the form of adding a whole bunch to your monthly mortgage payment automatically. So maybe you got a 30-year mortgage, but you just add enough to it to make it a 10 or 12 or 15 year on your own. You always overpay your debt to get it down quicker. You put in, you know, I have some people say, well, I put 10% into my 401k or 15%. I say, well, you make 100 grand a year. You could put a lot more away. You you know, especially if you're age 50, you can put 24,000 or more away. And so uh, they're going, oh, yeah, I guess I could. Maybe you put your raises into that. Um, I always have it automatic, though. I mm-hmm. think that's just really good advice because, because again, our, our willpower isn't always our friend. Regrets that people who are getting ready to retire or are in retirement have. Here's another one. I've been guilty of a couple of these, and one of which is putting money into things that don't appreciate. Like you said, the fellow who bought that car, whereas you put your money in real estate that appreciated. Yeah, one of the things I look at there is when, uh, for instance, I'm talking about that house that I bought, the second one for a quarter million, and just got the biggest house with the biggest garage with uh, everything, but the doors were hollow. The, the white laminate countertops throughout. It was just the basics to get into the best house that was possible. I had a neighbor three houses up. Oh my gosh, they went high end. They had the mm-hmm. solid wood doors. They literally had, and back at the time, and this is a long time ago, 27 years, they spent 4000 on their drapes and, and they everything was just tricked out. And it was really unfortunate that it was just about three years after they bought it, they did declare personal bankruptcy mm-hmm. and and had to leave that house. And I'm thinking, had they not maybe done the 40,000, 50,000 of upgrades, they probably wouldn't have been in that situation. You know, my upgrades came 10, 15, 20 years later after yeah. buying the house because when I could afford it. So, yeah, making decisions about what makes sense and what doesn't certainly can help. Another regret that some people have, including myself, is putting others ahead of yourselves. And I'm talking about putting children ahead of yourself. Yeah, I mean, we all love our children. We want them to do well. But uh, we've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to put the oxygen on us before them. And sometimes it's hard to do, and there's no doubt about that. We all want good things. We want Maybe we thought, oh, I'm going to pay for their college education. But then you're getting closer to retirement. You right. go, well, maybe I ought to pay for my retirement before I worry about paying for their college education. They can pay for it. They can figure it out. You know, if, if maybe in your situation, if you pay for it, you'll end up uh, without the ability to have a retirement on your terms. And, and that's just not fair, in my opinion. So I would say, yeah, there's I see this a lot. And I understand the the motivation behind it, but also understand and if I'm going to be your advisor and you come in, I'm going to advise, I'm going to be a client advocate, not a kid advocate first. I'll be client first, just like if you come in and with tax questions. I I don't work for the IRS part time. I'm going to be you know I'm going to be a client advocate, not an IRS advocate. Well, the upside to that, you know, we paid for the kids' college education, but now when we go to visit them in their fancy.
fancy neighborhood, at least we've got a bedroom that we can stay in and we don't have to pay for a hotel anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's some upside. It's not much yeah, of an upside. <laughs> they, uh, at least you you know where your retirement is. It just isn't uh, on your balance sheet. It's on theirs. Exactly. Also create a budget and stick to it. A lot of people went through life without having a budget and they didn't budget anything for savings. I think that when you make out that budget, the money that you pay yourself probably should be at the top of that before you pay other people. Yeah, and that's certainly some good advice. And and, uh, as you're accumulating assets, now a lot of people that I work with, I'm having the opposite discussion. And uh, I had it just this week, the last appointment I had, in fact, where they spent their whole life putting money away. And we're looking at their portfolio and, and um, you know, they got $4 million between all the different things. They have the annuities and the REITs and the DSTs and the stock market and all this good stuff and great cash flow and, and life is grand, but they don't spend any money. I mean, they were talking about maybe taking a trip. And I was thinking to myself, boy, you have $4 million. You, you haven't even planned a trip in years probably and uh, because they're they're always thinking about, well, can we go out? Can we afford to go out to this nicer restaurant? Can I afford to buy the steak or should I just, you know, maybe buy a burrito instead? And they have to retrain themselves because they're not going to run out of money the way they're spending it, even if they increase their spending 50%. But it's almost more work to learn how to spend money than it is to uh, learn how not to. We've been talking about regrets that people have in retirement, financial regrets, that is. Move one step closer to securing a regret-free financial future for yourself. Get started on your financial plan and see whether you're on the right track to retiring on your timetable. Brian and his team at Madrona will work with you to capitalize on your strengths and fill in your weaknesses. You may even find yourself on a better path than you thought. To find out, call 844-MADRONA, that's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, and make an appointment to get in and ask those questions to get your free financial plan. Once again, that number is 844-MADRONA. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about fact or myth, the Social Security edition. All that and more when we return after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, this is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. 
After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to be talking about Social Security myths. And Brian, if you're like a lot of retirees, you may be relying on Social Security as part of your retirement income. But how well do you know your facts about the program? Many people who are deciding to rely on Social Security in retirement don't have the full grasp of their benefit. Well, here are some top myths about Social Security so that you can stay informed. Myth number one, is it true or false, Brian, it's best to claim early? I've got a definite answer for that. It depends. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That's a definite maybe, Jeff. There you go. Uh, boy, it depends on a lot of things. We have a Social Security optimization report we run for clients. I think it says it has 680 different combinations and permutations. I, I don't know how they come up with that, but the bottom line is there's a lot of questions. You can't just do it with numbers on a spreadsheet either. I have to look you in the eye and you have to look me back and say, okay, how long do you think you're going to live? How mm-hmm. do you think how long do you think your spouse is going to live? What do you think your quality of life is going to be different between your 60s, 70s, and 80s? I mean, these are some of the questions that actually get asked sometimes when analyzing when to take Social Security. Yeah, it's best to claim it early if you really know that you're probably not going to live a really, really long time and nobody really knows that. And for for myself personally, because there's longevity in my family, I've decided to wait. So as you said, it is a definite maybe. But I'll also jump in on that. Uh, maybe let's say you're the higher earner and your spouse was a lower earner and is going to rely on your social security the rest of her life. And she's a lot younger and she may mm-hmm. live to be, you know, her mom's, uh, you know, 95 years old. And you're going, well, she might be a widow for 30 years after mm-hmm. I'm gone. Maybe you should have waited knowing, you know, there's again, Again, yeah. there's always these thoughts that come up to say, well, what if scenarios? Uh, real easy if I know how long you're going to live and your quality of life, but it gets a little tougher because I don't. All right, Brian, next one, fact or fiction, you have to claim benefits at retirement. No, no, that's a, that's a myth. You can claim benefits as early as 62 or if your widow as early as 60, but uh, 62 typically. However, if you wait for every year you wait, you have a 6.5% increase per year up to full retirement age, which is generally age 66 right now. For a lot of us, it might be 67 by the time we get there or 67.5 or whatever it is. And then between full retirement age to age 70, the annual increases are 8%. And you're getting these increases because uh, every year you wait to turn it on, you're giving up 12 Social Security checks in the mail. So you're buying those increases. You're actually purchasing them in exchange for not getting 12 monthly checks. I get 65 or an 8% raise for the rest of my life. And if I pass away first, my spouse gets that the rest of their life. And it's also very important to remember too that if you do claim it early before your full retirement age that you are going to be penalized on the amount of money that 
you can earn before you have to give it back. Yeah, if you start making more than 18 or so thousand dollars a year, it's approximately that, then you start giving it back and you gave up your raises. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to claim it at 62, then at 64, you go, oh yeah, I'll take that consulting job, make 50 grand, that'll be great. Well, then now you got to give back your social security and you gave up your raises. So that's a bad situation. So you want to make sure you're pretty sure that you're going to retire, you know, in reality terms, you know, and when I say retire and not make more than 18 or so thousand dollars a year, you want to make sure that you're not going to do that before full retirement age. Now, at full retirement age, which is age 66 right now, you can make as much money as you want, not have to give any of it back. So that that might be when a lot of people might start. But definitely claim it by the age of 70, because that's when you'll get the max benefits. And if you wait till after 70, you're not going to get any more money. Yeah, you snooze, you lose. Uh, if you wait, if you say, "Well, I'm going to wait till I'm 75," I'm really going to big get a big check. Yeah, no, you're right. just giving away money. Uh, you know, there's there's no take backs there. Uh, what you didn't take from age 70 on is just lost, and you don't get anything for it. Well, here's our little game we're playing today: fact or fiction, Social Security edition. Next one, Brian. My marital status does not matter. That would be fiction. Uh, Your marital status plays a huge part. When we run those Social Security optimization reports, it might tell us one of you should take half of the other person's for a while and at another point in time switch back. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of strategies to max out how much Social Security you can get. And then also, as I was mentioning earlier, depending on the relationship in Social Security benefits between you and your spouse, who's older, who made more, how much they made, all these kinds of things go into play to where uh, there could be all kinds of combinations that make or, or don't make sense to do and also can depend on your other assets. So sometimes it might, I might say, well, it makes sense to wait, and but then you know we'll look at it and go, oh, but you don't really have any other assets to pull from. So you kind of, unless you want to eat top ramen for the next you know four years while you're waiting, maybe we take it early. So there, there's just a lot that goes into it. Brian, if someone is divorced, can they still possibly get Social Security benefits based on their ex's work record? Yes, they can if they were married 10 years. What's interesting is a fella could be married four times. Times, uh, 11 years each mm. and would have four different people wow. <laughs> eligible to wow. be taken if they were a high earner, maybe someone from Hollywood or something. Ava Gabor, Mickey Rooney, somebody yeah, like that. one of those folks. Married uh, eight times. Yep. Uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor, something like that. Yeah, right, right. If they, I don't know how many 10-year ones they had in there, but they could have multiple people uh, living off their elevated Social Security benefits at the same time. Fact or fiction, Social Security edition. You know, Brian... Fact or fiction, you can figure all this stuff out on your own. They don't need you. Sure. That's, <laughs> you can also figure out the tax code. Sure. It's, it's two million pages. I can pages. figure out what's wrong with my car. I don't need that mechanic. Yeah. You don't, you don't need me. What do I know about any of this <laughs> stuff, right? right? Uh, <laughs> that would be fiction. Uh, I can't even figure it out uh, sitting down with a piece of paper, but that's why I spend the money. So my staff has access to the Social Security Optimization Report. It gets us partly along the way, and then after kind of the interviewing process, the discussion process, the, you know, quality of life, uh, longevity kind of decisions, then I kind of have to override the program a little bit to say, plug some things in that might change the outcome to be more realistic for that situation. So it is definitely an art, not a science. Right. Having a financial advisor who can run through your options can be very helpful, especially since the difference between a good and bad claiming decision can mean a big difference difference in your retirement benefits. All right, the next one, fact or fiction, 
You can't change your mind. That would be fiction. You have up to a year to change your mind. So maybe you said, I'm never going to work another day in my life. I'm going to take it when I'm 62. And you go six, eight, nine months and you do change your mind because someone comes along and said, hey, you know, would you like to be a consultant for $100,000 a year? You only have to work one day a week. And you go, huh, yeah, okay, I'll take that. Oh, gosh, I wish I hadn't started Social Security. Well, now you can go back and undo it, pay them back the money Hmm. and pretend you hadn't done it. And now you're going to get the raises. I did not know that that I can take it, then I can untake it and go back to work, but you do have to pay back what you've taken out. It isn't just taken from what you'll eventually get. No. Okay, so there is a little penalty there. Social Security, fact or fiction. The next one, Brian, your Social Security record is always 100% accurate. I'd say most of them are always 100% inaccurate, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had to look at my statement that I got, and it had some years that I made nothing, but before that, I made money. I didn't understand that. Yeah, so you had the, uh, you took a whole year off and don't remember things going to? Several years off with no income at all. Yeah, I did the same thing. Well, the fact is, neither one of us ever took a whole year off, did we? No, not at all. And so it's too late to change it now. Now, Social Security Administration bases Social Security, this is a really important point, people, listen to this one, bases it on your 35 years of highest earnings, okay? And there's some adjustments for inflation in that too, but it's a 35-year calculation. Now, you can request, if there is an error, you can request changes to your records within three years, three months, and 15 days from the end of the taxable year of those wages. Luckily, the my empty spots were back in my berry picking years. Oh, okay. You know, so I, I, I know I worked when I was from age nine on. I ha- I've had taxable wages, mm-hmm. uh, W-2s. But yeah, there were a couple years missing. So they're not going to affect my 35-year computation whatsoever. And so I don't care about it. But if you yeah, if you have some errors recently, you're going to want to get them fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Keep up on that sort of thing. And you can do that by registering online so you can get your Social Security statement sent to you electronically. That's very, very important. Yeah. And another thing I want to mention is that uh, because a lot of people think of 35 years, well, what if I only work 10 years? Well, you're still going to get, you know, uh, significant Social Security benefits. You have to have that 10 years. It's 40 quarters is what it is. It doesn't have to be 10 years in a row, but it's got to be 40 quarters to really uh, get the benefits from the system. And you can get something without that. But those are some of the cutoffs. I mean, 35 years of work, or 10 quarters to, to just get the basics. And if you didn't work and you're, you're married or were married 10 years, again, you can get spousal benefits. You can uh, essentially receive half of what your spouse gets with some, there's always exceptions to this. It's a radio show. We're not going to get into all the minutia about it. But generally speaking, you can get half of what your spouse gets. Get your retirement and Social Security questions answered. Come into Madrona Financial Services for a no-obligation complimentary financial review to go over your entire financial picture, including Social Security. They'll work with you to capitalize on your strengths and fill in your weaknesses with a plan that takes your goals into account. Call today to schedule your complimentary financial review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about creating your own pension. All that and more when our show continues. <music> 
Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. This week I had an appointment with a husband and wife, and it was interesting. I was trying to be a little bit funny and make up a silly analogy, but actually the analogy wasn't all that bad. It was about investing in the stock market, and she was very nervous about it. I mean, it seems like a lot of people have this, where if the market goes up, they go, well, that's not really a gain. That's just on paper. I really didn't make any money in that. Okay. But when it goes down, it feels like somebody broke into your house, stole your wallet, stole your jewelry, and left permanently. And so that pain of it going down is about 10 times the joy of when it goes up. And so that can be play very hard on people's minds and psyche when it comes to the market. And so she brought up the concept of, can we just keep getting in and out of it? And, you know, when it feels like it's down, we get out. And when it's up, we get back in. And I said, well, you really can't time that because nobody has that crystal ball. There is no app that tells me what the market's going to do next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I can't really do that. But I said, think of your stock market investment like a marriage. With the stock market, we think over time it's going to be a good thing. We know it's going to be a bumpy ride and we're going to have some bad days in the market. Well, when you get married, it's not a honeymoon for your whole life. You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some arguments. You don't get divorced after every argument and then when you make up, get remarried. But over the long haul, you think it's going to be a good thing. So if you think you can handle a long haul on a, on a marriage, go ahead and get married. If you think you can handle a long haul in the stock market, go ahead and invest in the stock market. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, Investments, Retirement, Taxes, and Legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit MadronaFinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to be talking about how to create your own pension. And you know, Brian, guaranteed sources of retirement income like pensions are far less common today than they were just a few years ago. So let's talk about some of the ways that you can create your own pension. If you don't have one and you want that lifetime guaranteed income, what's the first step you should take? Yeah, I think uh, really what we're talking about is it's not necessarily the true definition of a pension. What we're talking about is cash flow in retirement. People need cash flow in retirement. You got to get it from somewhere. And so having something you can kind of count on sure takes a lot of the concerns away when you know you're going to get that mailbox money, I call it, every month. So the first thing, you know, in our last segment, we're talking about Social Security, and that's definitely a pension and uh, of sorts. And, and we can count on getting those checks, we think, pretty much. I did want to point out a few stats about Social Security as the basic of your monthly cash flow for life. One of the things that a lot of people don't know about Social Security is they have been not keeping up with inflation. And there's a chance that they're going to start switching to other cost of living adjustment methodologies that are much lower than your actual spending goes up. So there was a study done by the Senior Citizens League that says the purchasing power of Social Security income has dropped by 34% 
percent in the last 18 years. So that's a significant number that Social Security increases are not keeping up with increases in inflation. And when I say inflation, inflation for people receiving Social Security is more tied to most of their money is getting spent more on uh, health care costs than maybe new cars or something else. And so what they're pointing out is that the inflation rate, because health care costs have been going up so dramatically, inflation rate for seniors is actually higher than the, the typical average. And, and Social Security Administration is just not increasing that to keep up. So when it comes to this forming of pension-type payments for a lifetime, Social Security, 5, 10, 20 years from now, may not have the bang for the buck that you think it might have. Exactly. And about 62% of people, that is aged Americans, lean on Social Security for at least half their income in retirement. And another frightening stat is that this year, 2018, Social Security will begin paying out more in benefits than it generates in revenue. Yeah, when it started, there were, I believe the stat was about 40 people paying in for every one person receiving benefits. And now the, you know, we've been uh, climbing that mountain. Now we're going to, we're going to go on the other side of that mountain because uh, as you just mentioned, there's going to be more going out than coming in. With the baby boomers, the numbers of people retiring is 10,000 a day in the United States right now. And that's putting an enormous, enormous weight on the Social Security money. And so what the projections are that the Social Security will have a complete exhaustion by the year 2034. So let's talk about some of the things that you can do if you do not have a pension and you're still working. Where does an annuity fall into this puzzle? Well, that, that's my go-to. Frankly, the uh, fixed index annuities with guaranteed lifetime withdrawal benefits. Typically, I like the ones with increasing payouts for life to cover inflation because inflation's real and second to die. So if you're married, you know, unless you know when exactly how long you're going to live and your spouse is going to live, since I don't know, how about we get the one with uh, second to die? So if you have any shot at long- longevity in your family, you or your spouse, then that is certainly a, a huge go-to because you've got an insurance company backing up the promise that they can pay you these monthly checks, again, hopefully increasing over the years to cover inflation, increasing and pay you for life. And another benefit of the fixed indexed annuity over a pension, let's say that you both die prematurely and you had a whole bunch of money tied up in this pension. Well, the insurance company keeps the money, essentially. Uh, there's no money for your heirs with a pension, typical pension. But with a fixed index annuity, if you did die prematurely, or even if you didn't and you just wanted your money, there is accessible money there. Uh, there can be death benefits over and above your account balance, but certainly your account balance is something that you can get or they can get upon your uh, early demise. And so it has some benefits that a typical pension does not. So if you don't have a pension, an annuity is an option there, but is that the only option? No. And I start looking at other things that we're talking about guaranteed lifetime cash flow. Well, the best guarantee, okay, we, we hope Social Security is going to be there. So we're going to call that in the guarantee column there. The insurance company annuities certainly would be in that same column. Now we're going to go to other areas of cash flow that aren't, where they aren't guaranteed. They're, we'll call them very much more likely than not. <laughs> okay. One of them that I like as a go-to is frankly real estate, passive real estate yeah. with the either the private REITs or real estate investment trusts, or if you own rentals, you know, if you have a rental, you kind of plan on getting cash flow for as long as that thing's standing. And rental houses tend to live longer than people. Apartment buildings live longer than people. 
And, sure. and so, you know, they should be around if you're taking care of them. And certainly if you don't want to be a landlord anymore, pull up one of our shows or go online, Madrona Financial, and get one of our my DST articles, Delaware Statutory Trust, to learn how you can sell your, your appreciated rental property and put it into other rental properties. But basically, you're planning on having cash flow every month from rents. And that, to me, although, again, I, I have to say it's not guaranteed, but if you are a part owner in a bunch of newer apartment complexes that when you go in are you know 97% occupied, my guess is you're <laughs> pretty likely you're going to get monthly checks for as long as you're around. I mean, that's, that's kind of a go-to on that. Are there any other things that you should consider? How about maybe stocks that pay dividends? Absolutely. You could go with uh, dividend-paying stocks. Again, it's not guaranteed for life, but, you know, there's a lot of stocks that have been paying dividends, uh, you know, just basic ones. Even think of things like Johnson & Johnson. I mean, I guess people are going to need toiletries, you know, the rest sure. of their life, and they they pay out some kind of dividend. And so there's a lot of uh, dividend-paying stocks that you, you can get income from them. You can buy bonds and just uh, hold the bond to maturity. You'll get the bond interest. Again, it's not a guarantee. There are some bonds that have gone bust, but for the most part, you can figure, well, if I buy a group of bonds, although my interest rate won't be very good compared to what I think I can get elsewhere, uh, if you're holding a bond to maturity and you're not suffering from the interest rate risk, uh, you're going to lose money on bonds if rates go up and you try and sell one. But if you have no intention of selling, at least you can clip the coupon there and get the, mm-hmm. the interest on that. But again, a lot of bonds uh, don't pay very well right now, so it has, it's not really go-to for me currently. But absolutely, a good dividend-paying mix of stocks can be a way to get some cash flow also. Are there any other investments that you can acquire during your working life that maybe don't pay dividends, but, you know, will get worth more so that when you are retired, you can do sort of a controlled sell-off so you can create income that way? Yeah, that's another way to go about it. And and this, again, not guaranteed, but people have been probably more successful with this strategy than any of the other ones I've even talked about in the final analysis because we're talking about growth stocks. And growth stocks, you know, might be Berkshire Hathaway. And so uh, maybe it was Microsoft that didn't pay much in dividends, or maybe it was Google or Amazon or whatever it is, you know, they're not paying dividends. They're not even making a, hardly making a profit yet. So they're not paying a dividend, of course. But had you owned these stocks, they went way up in value. And so why couldn't you just sell some shares of that every year? So let's say you had a million dollars or whatever, just round numbers, a million dollars in, in growth stocks. And you said, well, just a couple of years ago, that was that number was only 500,000. So I, I've got a lot of, of house money I'm playing with here. And maybe I'll just pull off three, four or 5% a year and to supplement my social security and my DST income and my REITs and my dividend paying stocks and my, you know, what other sources I have, but I'll pull that off too to supplement what I'm not getting from those stocks in the way of dividends. Well, Brian, the script here says to do a charismatic sign-off from our executive producer, John Capuano, so I'll do it by saying, once again, we're out of time for this week. Before we go, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the Cookie Monster, Greg Dinn. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoplum, and Superboard Pete Gustin is our technical director and announcer, and Nicole Zitnick is our content supervisor. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday, won't you? We'll talk to you next week right here with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. 
If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. The votes are in, and the Biden era is underway. And as history has shown, key political and global events can dramatically impact our markets. If you're at or near retirement, the next four years could have an especially big impact on your plans. But regardless of policy changes, you can do something about it. You can be proactive and take control of your financial future with Madrona Financial Services. With the right plan in place, you won't have to worry about running out of money because you'll have a plan to help minimize your taxes, a strategy to help optimize Social Security, and a way to fund future health care expenses. So if you don't have a plan to deal with the next four years, chances are you probably don't have a plan for the next 40. Take control now by scheduling your complimentary, no-obligation meeting with Madrona Financial Services and learn how you can help protect your portfolio and maintain the life and retirement you deserve. Call 844-MADRONA today. That's 844-MADRONA. Or go online to madronafinancial.com. M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. 